Welcome to Enjoy Fort Wayne. This episode is brought to you by the Wild and I Farmers Market and highlights the 350 vendors that make up the number one market in the state of Indiana. My name is Tina Smith and I run Craft Smith Home Goods and Gifts. Okay, and how long have you been doing that? Um, this is going to be my third winter market. Okay. I lose track of time because it goes so fast. Well, ever since COVID, it's like a thing. Yeah. So, okay, three years. What did you do before before that? Because you're not like 18 years old. Right. I'm You're ancient. 21. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have a full-time job. I work in the office of my family's machine shop. Oh, okay. The fiber arts and crafting thing is just something I think also along the lines of the pandemic, people just had to keep busy since life was turned upside down. So that's how it stemmed? Yeah. So if COVID wouldn't have happened, do you think you would be doing this, honestly? Um, probably not. Wow. I, I, I love to be a busybody. I think it's important, I don't know, to be productive. I also have an anxiety disorder, so maybe that's why I feel the need to always be busy. Um, I used to work in restaurants, so I always worked evenings a lot, but having a family, it's nice to be at home, and it's something that I can constantly be cranking out work at home through the week and then at the market on Saturdays which is like the epitome of like a great time I think our vendors are fun and all the regular customers that come through are so fun so it's something to look forward to every week yeah so walk us through your your story how you got started are you from Fort Wayne originally um, I grew up in Wabash Indiana okay the bash oh yeah <laughs> you're familiar um, it's a big deal it was the first electrically lit city in the world so I had to put that in there because <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's literally lit. <laughs> oh wow! You see what she did there? <laughs> um, no, so I grew up in a small town and I loved it. But my great grandmother actually introduced me to knitting and crocheting when I was really young. And um, okay, I kind of wondered, like, you don't have that. I don't know how to say this. Like the vibe of, would you say that's kind of known as an older like person? Thing. Absolutely. Am, am I weird for thinking that? Not at all. Okay, well, you don't come off that way. Your energy Thanks. and like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like when I met you last year, I was just like, that's interesting that she does that. Like, I wonder if there's a story. Like that <laughs> yeah. was before the podcast, obviously. But I was just like, okay, well, now we'll get into it. Okay, so that's yeah. where it started from. Absolutely. I okay. think um, my great-grandmother taught me when I was, I don't know, six or seven, maybe younger than that. And I wasn't like a natural born genius or anything but it stuck with me and mm, debatable yeah well <laughs> um i'm blushing uh, no so it stuck with me and uh, like i said i worked in hospitality for a long time so i never had free time but um not working in the evenings and then especially when covid hit everybody was kind of crawling out of their skin and i think there was a resurgence of some of these kind of more traditional crafts and I don't know, it was just easy to pick up on because I had the foundation from learning with my relatives. I think that's cool, too, to, like, carry on tradition, things like that that are passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, 100%. So. So you, but you were not thinking through your 20s and late 20s that, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Lord, no. <laughs> I I was a gypsy. I bounced around quite a bit in my 20s, and 
I don't know, I've always been one of those people I want to try everything. So I can master nothing, but I've tried a lot of different things. <laughs> so I got the life experience there. But So COVID happens and you just think maybe I can sell some stuff that I make or? Yeah. So I'm really introverted, but I like to be on um, social media a lot and I would just share posts and pictures. You do like to be on social media a lot. You live on social media more than me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, I catch myself doom scrolling and I have to stop. It's ridiculous how easy you can just get sucked into it. But it was a good way also to like, I don't know, not necessarily scrapbook, but like monitor like or see the things I've made and see how I was improving in different crafts. And I people just kept telling me you should start selling. You should start selling your stuff, you know, at the farmers markets and out of I don't know, there's what, like four or five in the area, different farmers markets. Right, right. But the YL and I one just really caught my attention. I think there was just a really diverse group of vendors and it's just the staple of downtown in the summertime. So No question. For a while, I was just really hesitant and doubted myself. I was like, oh, my stuff's not good enough to be on that group. But I went ahead and applied and got accepted and definitely started with a wide variety of stuff and then just kind of kept narrowing it down to fiber arts because I also weave and I spin my own yarn and um, the knitting and crocheting. And it's just what I'm most passionate about because there's like a bazillion different vendors that make just about anything under the sun. So you yeah. really have to find your niche. And that's what it was for me was the fiber stuff. So yeah. Talk about how you figured that out. Was, was there some trial and error when you first started then? Like, yes, the first winter market I did, I, I definitely spread myself too thin. I was like doing some painting and signs. I was sublimating shirts and mugs. And then I was knitting a little bit of stuff. And so then I was just kind of like, well, I have a little bit of everything here, like a damn general store, which is okay, I guess. But I really just wanted to figure out what was, I don't know, selling the best and also like leaving a mark for me. And it definitely seemed to be um, when I started doing like knit hats and different throws, uh, stuff like that. And then the weaving, that's a really good feeling for me because it's like woven wall art and um, it's really just up for interpretation so when I see a customer like fall in love with something I've created art wise it's it's I don't know it's just really rewarding and yeah. then they take it home and they love it and you get to be a part of whether people know it or not that that was something handmade with love yeah it was like your baby yeah yeah for sure so uh, what would you say was one of the things that stood out to you regarding how you thought it was gonna go your first couple times doing the market and how it was just like, whoa, completely different. I didn't expect this. Oh my gosh. I was really daunted at first just because there's some really cool artisanal, you know, vendors there and it didn't matter how big their business is or, you know, how busy they are. Everybody just like gives a helping hand and there's no ego involved. It's just a really good community. So that was really nice. That was a good surprise. Usually things can be a pissing contest in different professional atmospheres. And that just doesn't seem to be the case with our group of vendors. I think everyone's supportive and encouraging and just helpful. So there mm -hmm. are a lot of good humans around and you don't see it most days, but on Saturdays you can. <laughs> so every Saturday from nine to one, exactly. you can see some good humans, right? <laughs> right. And even some of them sell, sell the same type of stuff. But I mean, how many honey like honey people do we have like at least five yeah 
but they all do well. They're all cool. Like, you're not the only one that makes something with their hands, right? right? Like, not even close. So, it's yeah, it's kind of cool to be able to collaborate or exchange ideas and just give each other encouragement as opposed to being some sort of cutthroat competition. It's just a community of people that look forward to their customers showing up. What do you like about being an entrepreneur, like doing this? You, you're your own boss. You make the product. You set the price. You do everything. What do you enjoy about that aspect? I think um, the biggest draw for me is creating things. I just, I've always felt passionately about that. When I worked in hospitality, I loved creating um, new cocktail recipes, drinks, just memorable dining experiences. And there was a void after I left that industry. But I realized there are so many ways you can create something and pass it on to others and um, just kind of have that effect. I think running a business can be a nightmare. So I don't pursue it as like a full-time thing. I help, you know, run a family business. So I see the the headaches that go behind a small business. And it gives me huge respect for people that do pursue that dream. Because sometimes you don't have the support that you need. But I think the biggest thing is you get to take your personality or, you know, leave an impression by whatever it is that you create for your customers. So that part I love the most. Yeah, that's awesome. What advice do you have for someone who is looking to... Maybe first I'll say not even necessarily set up a booth at the market, but they are looking to, they kind of, they have their niche, something that they can make or do, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get out there and be an entrepreneur. What is a piece of advice that you would want them to know? Um, I think it's important to stop doubting yourself. I think a lot of us can cockblock our own success before we even put ourselves out there I apologize for my language it's just who I am as a person <laughs> but it's just, I can't help it but it's so important you know we doubt ourselves so much oh I can't do that or you know I'm not good enough to reach that level and we are really just putting the brakes on our own success by doubting ourselves or being our own worst critics and to not be afraid to ask for help because this community has an insane amount of resources and a lot of good people that like to support and help other people so I, I think that's the biggest thing don't be afraid to ask for help and believe in yourself did you go through that then yeah I like I said I have an anxiety disorder so it's just something that you always doubt the choices you make or overthink everything for sure instead of just enjoying it and being present and what you're doing but how did you how did you push through I have big lady cojones, I guess, because you just ha- you have to put yourself out there. It's a learning. At some experience. point, you just have to do it. Yeah. So. No, that's good advice for sure. I remember like pulling up to my first um, market. What was a winter market? And I was so intimidated. Like I said, just because of my own fears from my own. Sure. Brain, before I knew how lovely everybody would be, and I'm like sitting in my car on the phone with my husband, like I'm gonna have a panic attack before I even get in there because it is. You just you get yourself so worked up thinking of all the things that can go wrong. And now to see you, you're like as cool as the other side of the pillow. You're just like, oh, cool. I am a cool little alley cat now. (laughs) But it is like once you realize, oh, this is meant to be enjoyed. And it is so darn enjoyable when you show up. So what's what's funny is I see. So many people watching and listening to this podcast may not know this, but there is a Facebook group that's created just for the vendors mm-hmm. and so what's always cool is when I see people in that saying it's my first week what do I do mm-hmm. and like 
there's like six comments within an hour of like, you got this, just show up a little bit early, get with so-and-so, make sure you do this, you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Like, you love to see that. You talk about like the community of what the vendors bring and it's like you see that literally mm -hmm. on on social media in this Facebook group you know it's so great tell us what you like what is the number one thing that you would say if someone is thinking about which market now now that they're, they're gonna be an entrepreneur they have their thing mm -hmm. but they're maybe interested in a number of markets why do you think they should apply to the Wild and I farmers market I think the YLNI as a whole organization is just really cool, the impact it can have on the community and bringing young leaders together. So if you really put some time into researching the background of that, I think that alone stands out. Speaks for itself a little bit. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, because when I was working in restaurants, I would remember hosting, you know, different mixers and events for the young leaders of northern indiana and it was oh. really cool to see like all these different people from different industries coming cool. together and they were just you know brainstorming and networking ways to make an impact in the community so that part stood out for me when i was looking at markets and then the location was just really cool and i don't know it just has something original about it i guess if you're looking and you can't decide maybe location wise might be most convenient but i think we're centrally located so regardless <laughs> what part of town you're in it's gonna you're gonna get there yeah even at the the winter market just a little bit farther down on Barry is still not that right not that far so okay um tell me what you're seeing in Fort Wayne in general that you are really excited about knowing what Fort Wayne was even in the last 10 years, especially downtown, like what's something that you're excited about? I think the city has like made leaps and bounds. And as someone who didn't live here and grow up here and I wasn't familiar with it um, to see how it's changed. I mean, I moved here right around 2008, 2009. Okay. And it was just a drastic change from where I had been living. <clears throat> I think the greatest thing is, yes, it's growing. It's becoming more, you know, like, of a metropolis and downtown living that's great i think the biggest thing is the sense of community is still there like you have artists that are being promoted and encouraged in different ways as the downtown grows the different breweries that want to host local artist work on their walls instead of buying commercial shit from hobby lobby like I, I think the support for local artisans and makers and you know even local farmers that that hasn't been lost regardless of how fast we grow it's very very cool it's a big little city or a little big city right like yeah. no matter how you slice it it's like we're right in the middle still no matter what yeah yeah very cool what now what would you if the uh the mayor the board the powers that be were sitting right here what was something that you would say all right guys if we're not careful this could be something that could just that could get us into trouble what's something that Fort Wayne should be on the lookout and just to make sure that we are on the up and up. Um, I think overall, regardless of who's, you know, on what board or who's the mayor, it's every city's going to have growing pains. I think it's important to just be inclusive and make sure we're not focusing all of our energy and money and stuff on like one district. I think it's got to help the entire area like southeast downtown also needs to grow it needs some love it needs a grocery store 
Um, downtown Fort Wayne needs a real supermarket of some sort. I, I think that would be my biggest thing is make sure that you're inclusive as you grow to include all the parts of town. But yeah. they seem to do fairly well with that. And like you said, every city is going to have growing pains and no yeah. one's going to be perfect. But right. no, that is a key thing. I definitely agree. Because aren't they doing some sort of, oh, they were planning it, some sort of hub on the southeast side of downtown for like the food trucks. Like, oh, right. I heard that. I don't know. I haven't kept tabs on that to see yeah, if it's actually coming along. I sure hope so. But yeah, stuff like that is what needs to continue. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. I... If you watch any of these podcasts, there's one question at the end that I always ask. Did you prepare for it? Did you see what it was? I didn't prepare. Okay. So this is, it's kind of cool because then I get like, we get the raw, like real, like Absolutely. what you're thinking, right? Yeah. Okay. So what I always ask is if we talked about the mayor, if the mayor commissioned you to have a sign that reached a thousand feet higher than the AP building, the largest building, right? Or it was sky riding from like the planes, you know? Yeah. Basically a sign that the whole Fort Wayne community could read. It was that high and big of a sign. Okay. But they came to you and said, we need you to write the sign. Gotcha. What would it say? Man, that's tough. I have a couple like little credos that I live by. Number one is um, try harder, do better, don't be a dick. But I don't think people want to see that up in the sky. <laughs> um, I maybe just remind people like we are homegrown, and regardless how big we get, we're all like you said, living in a big little town or whatever. You know, like yeah, just stay authentic, be homegrown AF. <laughs> I like I that. I like you could put the AF on there. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'd go with. That is very cool. I should have prepared for that one. You're right. No, I like the raw. I, I, as this gets more popular and we do more and a lot of people see them, like maybe people would already know the question, but I kind of prefer these first few where people don't know the question yeah. because it is more fun to get that raw answer. So no, I can appreciate that. Um, so before we go, give us a rundown of your social medias where people can can find you if they have a question on a particular item or you know have a question on something that you can make for them right what's the best way for them to reach out to you i use facebook more than i should but um <laughs> we've been but, over yeah. that right yeah <laughs> so um they can follow me um tina smith or i do have a facebook page that i've neglected a bit this summer because i've been busy knitting um <laughs> you can't so, do both that's, okay. <laughs> that's hard um Craftsmith Home Goods, you can find that on Facebook. And then um, I'm also on Instagram. That's Tina Louise Craftsmith. And that's that's the main channels. Like I yeah. said, if I were really, I wish I had the discipline to, to spend like X amount of hours doing promotional stuff and, you know. But you're like busy posting memes on your regular Facebook. That's what it is. I got to keep firsthand. people laughing, though. <laughs> you do keep me laughing. Thanks. So that's it. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, every Saturday from nine to one, you can catch us at the Wow and I Farmers Market. Thanks for coming on. It was my pleasure. I can't wait to be back in the market this winter. I've missed being part of that this summer, but it's been a huge hit. It looks like good crowds and all kinds of fun stuff going on. So. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you.
This podcast is brought to you by Caraggio Media. The show is edited by me and sponsored by the Wild and I Farmers Market. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest updates. We will see you next week where we will be sure to show you how you can enjoy Fort Wayne.